It is 5.32 and we are recording. Medford School Committee regular meeting June 15th, 2020, remote meeting by Zoom at 5.30 p.m. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, Chapter 30A, Section 18 in the Governor's March 15, 2020 order imposing strict limitations on the number of people that may gather in one place, this meeting of the Medford School Committee will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information in the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with a right and a requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or Medford Community Media websites an audio or video recording, transcript, or other comprehensive record of proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. The meeting can be viewed through Medford Community Media on Comcast Channel 22 and Verizon Channel 43 at 5.30 p.m. Telephone information, one of the phone numbers is 1929-205-6099. Enter this meeting ID when prompted, 995-5955-1398. Additionally, questions or comments can be submitted during the meeting by emailing medfordsc at medford.k12.ma.us. Those submitting must include the following information. Your first and last name, your Medford Street address, and your question or comment. Member Van de Kloot, please call the roll. Uh, member Jenny Graham? Present. M Kathy Kretz? Here. Melanie McLaughlin? Here. Uh, Mia Mastone? Here. Paulette Van der Kloot, present. Paul Rousseau? Present. M Mayor Brianna Lungo-Kern? Presence, seven present, zero absent. Please all rise to salute the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. America to and to the republic for which, for which it, stands, it stands. One nation, one nation under, God, under God, indivisible, with liberty, liberty and justice and for all. Mayor? Member Kretz. Yes, um, I would like to make a motion to suspend the rules to take agenda item number five, uh, uh, sorry, agenda item five, number three, building and ground subcommittee meeting, Maryland High School alumni brick presentation, Bill Carr, Maryland Public Schools summer fall cleanup. Hold on one second, Kathy. We're going to yeah. have everybody mute. Remember, maybe there's a dog in somebody's background. Yeah. Maybe that's you, Member Kretz. I'm sorry. You have the dog. Member Kretz, if you want to just unmute yourself. Yeah, he was playing with his squeaky ball at that oh, very sorry, moment. I thought that was somebody else. I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's all right. Um, yep. So I make a motion to suspend the rule to take agenda item number five, number three, building and ground subcommittee meeting. Medford High School alumni brick presentation, Bill Carr, Medford Public Schools summer fall cleanup beautification, Bill Carr and John McLaughlin, and agenda item number 10, new business resolutions, numbers one to four out of order. 
Oh, one to four. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, motion to suspend the rules. Roll okay. call. Seconded by Member Russo. Roll call. If you just want to unmute yourself, Member Vandekloot. Uh, Jenny Graham. Yes. Kathy Kretz. Yes. Melanie McLaughlin. Yes. Mia Mastone. Yes. Um, Rousseau. Yes. Paulette Vandekloot. Yes. Mayor Brianna Lungo Curran. Yes. Seven. The affirmative. Zero. In the negative. Um, we are suspending the rules for number three building and grounds subcommittee meeting, which was held on June eighth, twenty twenty. Member Kathy Kretz, if you could um, yeah. give an update on the meeting. Yes. Um, so we had a building and ground subcommittee meeting last Monday, and we had a presentation updating the community on updates to the Medford High School, Medford Vocational Technical High School, provided by Principal Chad Fallon, Mr. John McLaughlin, Director of Building and Grounds, and we received a presentation from Mr. Bill Carr, Medford High School alumnus. We had an extensive meeting and reviewed received several updates. Um, there's a 13 page document in your package. I'm not gonna read that. I have summarized the meeting briefly here. I'm just gonna touch on a couple of highlights and then we'll introduce Mr. Bill Carr so that he can talk about the, the brick presentation and the um, future plans for the beautification for the summer and fall. So Principal Chad Fallon shared the slideshow with the career technical shop renovation updates. All of our 15 programs have seen an enhancement in equipment, shop space, and upgrades over the past five years, making Medford Vocational Technical High School a leader in the state for career and technical education lab space. The main source of funding for these projects most recently and over the past three years has been local Perkins funding. Two recent awards from Skills Capital Grant totaling $800,000, local grants, donations, and a generous $100,000 private donation from Mr. Hoff, as well as the use of revolving funds from our programs that generate revenue. There has been overlight, um, overlight replacement with Alicia Hunt, Director of Energy and Environment, Cosmetology, a complete renovation of the former speech OT space near the bistro provided by a $100,000 donation with $50,000 in renovation um, costs. The remaining costs will be used to purchase new equipment aligned with industry standard. Robotics and engineering, complete renovation of former automotive collision space, students from electrical, craft, craft, construction, craft, labor, metal fabrication, robotics and engineering, all contributed to this project. No cost to Medford. Skills Capital Grant funded $287,000 and so far $45,000 for construction costs. Additionally, Principal Fallon provided an update on the renovation of the girls' locker room. The students and teachers removed all the lockers, demolished the concrete bases, the marble showers were kept for the use for the stations in the new Cosmo program, and there was $8,000 recycling and savings money. There are still some future plans um, for 2021, exterior vocational grounds, additional lighting, landscaping, concrete repair, and hopefully a grand opening of the cosmetology will take place with Mr. Hoff in September. The building and grounds voted unanimously to accept the reports from Mr. Fallon. And I just wanna give a special thank you to Mr. Fallon, John McLaughlin, his crew, all the CTE teachers involved, all the students who contributed to the renovation and updates. And that was the first um, part of the agenda that we had. Um, afterwards, we heard from Mr. McLaughlin, Director of Building and Gowns, regarding the free cash updates and a few others. C building shades were replaced in C building. The cost was $29,000 capital money from the city council. 
30, um, yeah, $32,000 was awarded and it was a $3,000 savings. The Medford bathroom, the Medford High School bathroom project, we were uh, we were allocated $100,000. However, the bids are coming in much higher at $150,000 for two bathrooms. This might be pre-COVID pricing. We asked John to do a rebid of the bathroom project. The emergency generator, we were allocated $60,000 for the cost of the generator. This does not include the additional money for the work needed to put in the generator. John McLaughlin expresses concerns. The generator is not working right now, over one third of the building. All the computers are on that generator. Alan Arena has about an hour on his side, but otherwise he would have to come in and reboot everything. The bathrooms at Memphis High School are very important, as well as the generator. Unfortunately, we didn't get enough capital money um, for, for the tasks we needed to complete at Memphis High School. More money must be allocated to complete these projects. We understand that the money might be an issue due to the pandemic. Mr. McLaughlin will bid, bid these two items out again, and he'll check state pricing on the generators. This might be more affordable. Furthermore, it might be more affordable if the generator is placed outside. Might not look as nice, but it might be more affordable. John will get back to us or myself with, with the information about the rebids. Once it's available, we'll have another subcommittee meeting to discuss. Um, we got an update. The Andrews Middle School roof is right on schedule. It should be finished in about a week or two, and then they're on to the solar work. We received an update on the intercom updates. We were allocated $70,000 and used $10,000 so far with the work already done. Savings therein, capital money. Principal Kingsley, Curtis Tufts High School, inquired if some of the savings from the intercom updates can, by can be diverted to the Curtis Tufts High School. Currently, the classrooms are only connected by teacher cell phones. The subcommittee asked Mr. McLaughlin to get an estimated price to upgrade the Curtis Tufts intercom. So we're, we're waiting to hear back on that. Mr. McLaughlin also provided an update on the roof over Mavitt High School. The roof was exposed during a windstorm. A large section of the membrane blew back and exposed the roofing over the Memphis High School pool. Approximately 100 by 40 inch section was impacted. Currently, there is a temporary fix in place. A hurricane bar was placed over the damaged section. The cost to replace the section of the roof is approximately 90 to $100,000. Mr. McLaughlin is looking into different options, um, different roofing materials. Maybe there's something more cost effective. However, at the current time, it, there is a temporary fix in place. Um, furthermore, we received an update on the Mifford High School roof. Mr. McLaughlin had an infrared scan for moisture spots on the roof. The MSBA won't qualify by us as our roof has to be 25 years or older. What we have been doing, what he has been doing is cutting out wet spots and replacing membrane. This has been the most effective, cost-effective way to, um, to keep up with these, um, these spots. Otherwise, it will cost between five to six million dollars to replace the entire roof. The building and grounds you know, subcommittee voted unanimously to accept the reports that Mr. Bajon, Mr. McLaughlin submitted regarding the free cash, the pool and the roof. We had one more item that Mr. McLaughlin provided us information on, and we had spoken about it previously in September at one of our earlier meetings in the building and grounds when uh, Ms. Stone was the chairperson then. It was regarding the solar speed signs. 
So Mr. McLaughlin got us an estimate and he provided the invoice and we had a discussion that, um, and over, you know, through our discussion, there's going to be two signs placed at Merritt High School and one sign placed at the McGlynn Complex Elementary. And as Mr. Russo expressed, this is a great safety concern. Um, it's almost like a raceway. People are, are speeding. They're going very, very fast. And we need to keep the students, the faculty, the parents, just everybody in that area safe. So we as a committee voted um, to accept and, and give instruction to Mr. McLaughlin to go ahead to purchase the solar speed signs. Motion by Mr. Russo to go forward with the solar speed signs and seconded by Ms. Vandekloot. This evening, we need to take a full school committee vote on the floor um, and to go forward with the purchase of the solar speed signs at Merford High School 2 and one at the McGlynn Complex. Um, I'm not sure if we want to have a new motion or if we want to have the um, original members who made those motions um, go ahead and make those motions to get on the floor. So, uh, Kathy, uh, Mayor, may member, I? Member Vedeklut. Yes, so um, I would make the motion. The only thing is that we do need to put this in um, into our budget considerations. So I think we should probably make the motion that for approval of the speed bumps subject to um, budget appropriations. Motion by Member Vandeklut, seconded by... Member Kratz. Seconded? Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Roll call. Um, Member Graham? Yes. Member Kratz? Yes. Member McLaughlin? Yes. Member Mastone? Yes. Member Rousseau? Yes. Member Vanderkloot? Yes. Mayor uh, Brianna Lungo Kern? Yes. Seven, the affirmative, zero, in the negative paper is approved. And I'm going to the final oh, agenda. Oh, okay, sure. It was um so Mr. Bill Carr, um, Medford High School alumnus, he discussed the Medford High School alumni brick project with the subcommittee last Monday. For those of you who don't know Mr. Carr, he's a former Medford High School grad. He recently led the beautification day at Medford High School this past February. He organized a group of 60 volunteers and everyone, including school committee and teachers and administrators, uh, community members, everybody came and repainted the lobby at Medford High School. It was a fantastic day. This evening, Mr. Mr. Bill Carr is here to discuss the Medford High School Brick Alumni Project. It's an incredible fundraising idea for the 50th anniversary of Medford High School. And it's a great way to improve the Medford High School entrance, raise money for the school and student scholarships at the same time. During our meeting, we endorsed the BRIC project, awaiting further information regarding warranty and durability. There was a motion made by Ms. Vandekloot, seconded by Ms. Kretz, and the motion passed unanimously. So this evening, I invited Mr. Carr. He's here on the um, on the Zoom call with us, and he also shared the warranty information with all of us, and it was shared in the Google Drives. And so um, at this time, Mr. Carr, if you want to maybe go ahead and unmute yourself, and you can go over the project, and then maybe we'll make a motion when you're done talking about the project to, um, to accept this project. Dr. Cushing, I think you may have to unmute him, or can I? Oh, I can try. I, I think he actually has to unmute himself. Oh, okay. Oh, there we go. Can you hear me now? Yes. yes. Okay. All right, uh, thank you for the opportunity again. Um, I made a presentation last week on the uh, alumni bricks and basically reaching out to former alumni, former teachers, uh, business community, and um, 
basically any Memf anyone in Memphis that wants to help us uh, raise funds for the uh, the kids at the high school and, and um, scholarships and special projects as we as time passes through. So I, I want to just make uh, just give a quick little how the bricks work. The uh, the comp the company we're dealing with is Bricks RS. They're out of Miami. Uh, I'm working with um, uh, Maureen um, Lavin to set up uh, the website, so a donor website, so we can get people want to go online. They would buy the bricks. We have two prices for two bricks. I can explain that. And then uh, the money would come into an account at the city that the city would manage. And then we would send the money down to the brick company and they would ship the bricks up. So all the money that comes in would go right to our account and we would manage that and then order the bricks as they were uh, purchased uh, over the course of um, the next year or so. Uh, and they would go in the front of the school, starting from where the main entrance is all the way out. Um, and we can fit up to between five to 7,000 bricks on that front entrance. There's currently red bricks there now. And uh, so it's a large, uh, large fundraiser. It's a, it's a great opportunity. Uh, I've reached out. I've got a, a committee put together. I've already reached out mostly alumni from classes all the way back to the 60s and 70s up to current day. I'm still reaching out for a few more people. And uh, we're ready to go forward with this. So um, I don't know if anybody has questions, but I'd be happy to answer a few questions. And I know you guys have a busy night, so. Member Graham. Um, thank you, Mr. Carr. I so appreciate um, all the ways this community sort of steps in and helps us um, as a school district. And um, thank you for leading the charge on this and doing so in a way that allows our administrators to focus on education and back to school and all the other things we have on our plate. So thank you for that. Okay. I too want to thank you, uh, Mr. Carr. We had an amazing um, cleanup day at Medford High School with gallons and gallons of paint that we used to beautify that lobby. And now you've taken on a second project and we greatly appreciate it. And I know the students, whether they noticed or not, I know they, you know, really appreciate all the work you, you help do and are continuing to help do. I just wanted to say the, uh, these bricks are sandblasted and I don't know if John McLaughlin's on there. So the warranty is a lifetime warranty and there'll be, um, in fact, I can show you one. This is, this is actually one, if you can look, it'd be uh, off white with blue lettering, which is the Mustang colors. And the key to making them last as long as they do, you, you just can't power wash them. You can wash them with uh, warm soap and water. And they've never had, this 31 years, they've never had a return brick. So we don't anticipate any problems with that. Um, and we're going to do a maintenance fee too. We're going to try to ask people to not only donate and buy the bricks, but every year contribute a small portion every year so we can keep the fund going. So we're not going to take that money because we're going to use it for projects uh, scholarships and many other things as the committee sees fit that we put together. Uh, and then that $25 per year per the, per whoever buys a brick, if they want to contribute, that will keep the, the funds. So if we had $300,000 in there, we'll try to keep that 300 every year. So we're not tapping into that. So it'll be an ongoing um, uh, account that will just uh, continue to keep going every year. Thank you. Member Vandekloot. Yes, first I want to thank Mr. Carr uh, for this project. Um, the front of our school in particular of the high school has long been a problem. Um, there's been different ways of trying to attack it, but I uh, am hopeful that this uh, creative project, uh, which will bring pride to our school, will also help 
uh, remedy a real um, an, an area which has just long been problematic, uh, despite Mr. McLaughlin's uh, best efforts. So thanks very much. And I would like to make a motion that the um, committee approve uh, the uh, brick project uh, and that we um, move ahead with it. Motion for approval by member Vandeklude, seconded by member Kratz. Um, roll call. Uh, Jenny Graham. Yes. Kathy Kretz. Yes. Melanie McLaughlin. Yes. Mia Mastone. Yes. Paul Rousseau. Yes. Paulette Vanderkloot. Yes. Mayor Brianna Lungo-Kern. Yes. Seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. We can move forward with the project. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So I already have seven bricks sold because there's seven members, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. All right. We're in. Yep. And, um, Yep. And also, um, Bill, Bill, Mr. Carr told me that uh, it's the same brick company that uh, West Medford Community had when they did their um, brick, you know, brick fundraiser and the, the temple. So it's um, there are some bricks here from Miami that are, you know, they're doing very well <laughs> um, in the winter and everything. So that's great. Um, and I also, so Mr. Carr and Mr. McLaughlin are both here this evening to discuss plans for another beautification day this summer and into the fall. Mr. Carr will, will meet with Mr. McLaughlin to organize another group of volunteers. The goal is to finish up the lobby in the front of the building, about maybe 10 to 12 people to do it over the summer. You know, how many, you know, distancing and, and everything like that, that'll make sure that that happens. Um, we voted to accept the plans for beautification plans at, and we included Medford High School and the Curtis Tufts High School. Mr. Carr will reach out to Mr. McLaughlin and share potential plans with us. And it was motioned by Ms. Kretz, seconded by Ms. Vandekloot, and the motion passed unanimously. So this evening, Mr. Carr and, and Mr. McLaughlin are both here, and we'll need to take a full vote um, on the floor after they've had a chance to speak. And once again, thank you, Mr. McLaughlin and Mr. Carr, if you want to go ahead and just say a couple words. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, John, John and you talked. We're going to get together and uh, finish up the front lobby, uh, come out to the front of the, of the building and start to do some uh, painting and cleaning up. And uh, we'll try to do that this summer. And then the first amount of money that comes in for the bricks, um, after I met with uh, Mayor Lungo Current, when she first got elected, we talked about getting a sign right out front, something that's substantial that really makes it an impact when the kids come in. And I think uh, after getting the sign cost, so maybe we can use that money from the bricks. Maybe that'll be the first project we'll do when we get some money in. We can put a nice sign out front. Maybe leave the one that's on, already in the lobby there. So we'll have two nice signs. Um, and then the bricks will be installed sometime next summer uh, with the anticipation of kids coming back in uh, September of uh, 2021. So that's kind of the plan uh, going forward. Great. Mr. McLaughlin, anything to add? Hi, John McLaughlin, Director of Buildings and Browns. Um, no, I just wanted to add that uh, normally uh, when we have volunteerism up at our building, uh, you, you get this sense that there's going to be nothing but a big mess to clean up afterwards. But in this case, it was fantastic. And um, they did a ton of work. And I, and I definitely look forward to them coming back. And uh, me and uh, me and Mr. Kyle will do a walkthrough. And uh, we can certainly decide uh, uh, if there's other, what other areas that we want to hit? I know that um, obviously since the uh, since the virus uh, came into fruition, um, 
our custodians at nighttime have really been uh, making an impact painting up at Mefford High School. So we, we, uh, we, we still have plenty to go. We have classrooms that we want to get into. We have other uh, uh, painting projects, but we have plenty to do. And I look forward to uh, working with Mr. Carr and uh, uh, taking that walkthrough and, and getting a plan together for the next round. Thank you. Thank you. Um, motion on the floor to approve yeah. member, member McLaughlin. Thank you. I just um, wanted to thank um, the building grounds, uh, John McLaughlin, Bill Carr, um, community member and Kathy Kretz. Um, the community event last time was really great. Uh, I think just seeing everybody working together and improving um, the grounds was really wonderful. So I want to make sure that, as you said, volunteers are coming and that the information will be getting out to all families. Um, and that, you know, hopefully we won't see nearly as much gum underneath the benches. <laughs> <laughs> that was gross. Have, it was disgusting. Maybe we can have some extra scraping tools just in case, John. Thank you. Thank you all for all your work. Motion for approval by Member Kratz, seconded yes, by Member Vandekloot. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you wanted to speak. Seconded by oh, no. Member Vandekloot. Roll call vote. Okay. Uh, Jenny Graham? Yes. Kathy Kretz? Yes. Melanie McLaughlin? Yes. Mia Mastone? Yes. Paul Rousseau? Yes. Paulette Vanderkloot? Yes. Mayor Brianna Lungo Kern? Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. Paper passes. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you, Mr. Carr, for bringing these proposals before the committee. This will really improve our schools and scholarship money will help uh, provide opportunities for the students. Thank you very much. I look forward to doing another volunteer day. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great evening. All right. Thank you. Mr. McLaughlin. And while we're into suspension, we're going to move to page three, which is, um, Kathy, you said number 10, number 10, um, 10-1. Be it resolved that the Christopher Columbus Elementary School be renamed effective July 1st, 2021. An advisory committee shall be created with a term of service of six months beginning no later than October 1st, 2020, and provide a recommendation to the school committee no later than February 1st, 2021 as the new name. The school committee shall convene a committee of the whole before September 1, 2020 to detail the required elements of said advisory committee per school committee policy, BDF, offered by member Rousseau, member McLaughlin, and member Mastone. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to the floor for anybody whose yes. resolution yeah. it is, and then member Kratz. Okay, thank you. Member, uh, member Rousseau? Thank you. Um, I actually, um, instead of providing much of a, a statement on this, gotta shut the door, Ava. Um, the the Medford SC email address that we have received a lot of emails on, and really what the community has said in those emails covers everything I had drafted. So I'm going to actually save the time for that. So I'm not going to have much of a statement on this at this point. Member Kretz. 
thank you. Um, first and foremost, I want to acknowledge my colleagues for proposing this resolution. The first time I heard about the item was last Thursday at 10 p.m. after a parent emailed me to inquire was it why there wasn't communication sent to the public regarding the renaming of the Columbus Elementary Schools. Since it was a joint resolution written by three committee members, it constrained my voice and the voices of other committee members regarding this issue. Discussions on social media and email would be an ethics violation and may be seen as a quorum. I motion to table the resolution so we offer time and transparency to our community on this issue. We should offer a public forum with our community to have a healthy discussion about such a serious matter. We should invite the NAACP, Italian American community members, South Medford residents, the diversity director of the city of Medford, current, former Columbus Elementary School parents, caregivers, students, school leaders, school committee members, and the mayor. The public meeting should be posted in Medford transcript and shared via social media and robocall. The Columbus Elementary School has been named after Christopher Columbus since 1928. Due to the magnitude of this change before voting on this important matter, we need to look at the financial and the educational impacts. This change creates further financial burdens for the school system. Academically, we are facing a new world due to the COVID crisis. We don't know what to expect this fall. With all of the disruption in our children's lives, I believe the committee's time would be best spent on devising solid plans to support our faculty for the upcoming fall. And then we could maybe talk about this a little bit later. Um, I feel we owe it to, the, to everybody in the community to table this resolution until we can have public involvement with the entire community and be fully transparent. Mayor. Member Kretz, are you finished? I am, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm assuming you're gonna hold, hold the motion to table to let others speak. Yeah. Okay, That's Member Vandekloot. Point of order. Point of order. Uh, table motions are not debatable. She can withdraw the motion and then bring it forward once people have the ability to speak. Is that what you're doing, Member Kretz? Yes. Member Vandekloot. Um, thank you. Um, so this has been um, both a very easy and a very difficult question for me. Um, and I wanna be very, very clear about where I stand um, and um, how I'm going to vote. Um, when I was a kid, the first historical fact that I learned was in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And who doesn't among us know the three names, the names of the three ships of Columbus? Columbus is clearly an important and significant person in our history. But the question comes down to, does he deserve the honor of having a school named after him? Ultimately, my question is, my answer is no. And I wanna be clear about that. Okay, um, I, however, ha have sat on the school committee for a long time. And it is typical that we have a process, that we bring the community together. We'd be down in city hall and there would be people speaking and able to share their opinion. Now, obviously in the last couple of days, we, are, we have been inundated with uh, emails uh, and um, 
uh, from people both pro and con. And I do want to be clear that I've read and uh, thought about each one as I've determined what my position will be. Um, when back when we built the new schools, um, so let's say 20 years ago, when we were uh, uh, making the plans for the new schools, the issue of calling the Columbus something other than the Columbus came up. And there were certainly people who were concerned about the name of the Columbus. About the end of the 90s and into the early 2000s, the teaching about um, Christopher Columbus changed radically. Many school systems at that time no longer called that fall holiday Columbus Day, but rather they called it Indigenous People's Day as they recognized that while Christopher Columbus pay, played a significant role, that it was also one of brutality um, and not one to be admired. Um, unfortunately, for many Italian Americans, it is a name to be respected and revered. It is something that is important to them. And Medford has a long, proud Italian American community. Thus, it becomes really, really difficult for me because the one thing that I don't like and have worked all my years not to have is to have a split in the community rather than bringing them together. I hear people saying we didn't have an opportunity, we didn't have that uh, voice, and I don't want them to feel disenfranchised. And for that reason, I would support Kathy Kretz's um, uh, motion to table. Yet as I say that, and as I will vote that way, when that motion does not pass as I expect it will not, I could be surprised, but you never know, I will wholeheartedly support the change in a name. I will hope that the um, committee that we put together um, will be creative and, th and think of ways that a name could bring this community back together. I reached out today uh, to the former principal of um, the Columbus School, Joan Yeager. And while Joan couldn't be here right now to speak her own words, uh, she wrote some that she said that I could share. She said, at this time, our schools are still in pandemic crisis mode, requiring all of the energy we have to offer. And that's so true. But as this process is underway, I offer you my personal reflection. When a child enters his school, he enters an extension of his own home. The staff, the children, and yes, even the name of the school should reflect to that child a sense of community, pride, and ownership. The name of the school should represent a person one would strive to emulate, a person whose dedication, integrity, and sense of inclusiveness shines like a light. As principal of the Columbus School from 2006 to 2012, I watched as each child enters the building every day eager, yes, eager, she writes, to start a new day. We enjoyed a positive school culture where our goal was to bring out the very best in every student. Imagine the increased sense of school pride in a school named after someone with whom each child could feel a positive connection with knowledge of how that person made the world a better place. In our beautiful city, it would be easy to find individuals who would be so proudly suited to that role. Again, that's from Joan Yeager, former principal. Um, I don't wanna, I'm not playing both sides about the middle. I've been 
thought long, long and hard about what I would do. Um, I would first support the motion to table for the possibility of, of more discussion because I do think this is unusual. Yet at the same time, I am deeply troubled. And anybody who's talked to me in the last 24, 48 hours knows this because I'm deeply troubled. And I've gone and weighed this. Is it better to be to rip the Band-Aid off and just move forward? Because this is a time of change. We see NASCAR taking away the Confederate flag, thank goodness. We see the NFL doing a um, uh, significant change uh, by actually apologizing, maybe not far enough, but certainly in that direction. Um, there has been a change. There is a moment. All of us were absolutely um, stunned when we saw a black man murdered before us on TV. And it is one that has galvanized our country. I understand the connection. I know some people sort of said, but what does that have to do? I do understand there's a connection. I do think there's a moment. Those are my words. I'm doing the best I can. I want to bring, as John Fackle says, this is one Medford. And when we have something like this, where all of a sudden it, it uh, uh, brings fissures and disruption, um, it's, it's painful. So I can only hope that the process going forward will heal whatever um, uh, pain is caused at the moment. Thank you, Member Van de Kloot. We have a few um, people in the audience that want to speak, but I'm going to let the members go first. Member McLaughlin. Thank you. I also want to speak um, to the community. I appreciate Member Kretzen, um, Member Van de Kloot, and um, their um, outspokenness on the issue. I um, We have all been inundated with emails and letters and information um, in the past couple of days. Uh, social media has also been inundated with uh, people's perspectives and response and frankly, um, some not so favorable um, feedback on social media that I think begs the question even more um, on why this needs to be done and makes us look even more at like makes me look even more at structural racism and interpersonal racism and um, in our city and in our community and, and on our news every night and everything that we're seeing. And I do see the connection. I too did not know about Christopher Columbus. Um, as an American student educated in our public schools, I learned the same. Um, in fact, I was in a play. I played Queen Isabella. I remember the whole thing. It was fourth grade. I thought it was great. Um, it was a big celebration. I think we also, as you said, know the song, know the boats, um, know the names of the ships, know everything else. What we don't know, what I didn't realize, and what I didn't find out until three years ago when I was in graduate school and I had the benefit of a Native American friend who was willing to talk to me about Indigenous Peoples Day and why it was so important. As she stood on uh, formerly owned slave land um, in the Harvard Yard uh, and shared with me the importance of this, I did not know um, that he is considered the father, Christopher Columbus is considered the father of the Atlantic slave trade, or that there are documentations in his own letter, in his own writings, where he talks about the benefit of having nine and 10 year old slave children, uh, girls, or that 14 year olds would be mandated to bring, 14 and above would be man mandated to bring him uh, cups of gold. And if they didn't, he would cut their hands off and bring their dismembered hands among the community as a demonstration of what happened. Um, they, he decimated literally entire uh, communities. And while I very much value um, 
our Italian American community and the heritage and the beautiful heritage that Medford has. And one letter that I we received earlier today um, from someone who is an Italian or first generation Italian American shared you know, how proud she is of her history. And um, and I've been to Italy a number of times. I love the Italian culture. I do not think that he represents the beauty um, of anything um, for our children in our schools and certainly not of the Italian culture. And I do want to share a couple of, I didn't know Member Rousseau was going to be sharing a couple of things from letters, but I had a couple that I wanted to share as well. Um, I do want to say to Member Kretz's point about it being a joint resolution, um, we are limited in terms of uh, the fourth person in terms of public meeting, but we can talk individually with each other. So there's a little bit of leeway. So there are opportunities for us to speak with each other, which is important. But um, some of the most moving notices that I saw or emails that I saw too were from children, from students in our schools that were sharing their perspective with us. So one is my brother and I are Columbus students. I'm not going to name the people's names because I did not ask um, if I could name people. So if you hear your letter read, please know that I very much appreciated your letter. Um, I will read all the letters and I will respond to all of the letters. My brother and I are Columbus students and we're writing because we think you should change the name of the Columbus Elementary School to something else. Although Christopher Columbus is a famous person, he was not a nice person to people with darker skin color than his skin. Also, he took over the Native Americans land when he got to America so he could live there. For these reasons, we think you can find a better name for our school. We are proud of everything at our school except the name. So we'll be happy if you would decide to change the name. Um, someone else wrote, I believe that the name should be changed and it would be appropriate to recognize a person of importance to Medford in a new, in a new name. Um, uh, the director of the Lakota Youth Stay program shared as founder and director of the Lakota Youth Stay, a homestay program based in Medford for native youth from the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. I have long been concerned about schools, buildings, streets, and parks named after this very flawed and sadistic person. It brings up historical trauma, genocide, pain, and suffering for all indigenous people in this country. Another letter. As a Latina woman who grew up in Chicago, a city with a strong Latino population, I can tell you one thing, representation matters. I never saw paintings of people who look like me. Statues of women and Latinos were rare. As a young person, it doesn't occur to you the impact that it has on you until later in life. When you reflect back and think about all the times you've wondered how so many young white boys have so much confidence and yours wavered in nearly everything you do. Names on buildings, statues, paintings, street names, they don't teach history, they teach values. I could go on and I won't. I know that there are other members that want, want to speak. I do have some comments from um, people who uh, are against the name change and I do want to give them some voice so people can hear some of their comments as well. Um, one is this issue is causing a great deal of division in this community, a community already heavily divided after the last local election. This will not help us to heal if done in this manner. Two, with everything going on in the city, I don't think this is the time to worry about the name of a school. Instead, I would be worried about the deficit, the chance of teacher layoffs and trying to get kids back to school in the fall. Three, I spent nine years at the Columbus and 18 in Medford. So far, never once catching wind of such an issue with Christopher Columbus Elementary. I was on the PTO at the Columbus and knew numerous parents, students, and teachers. The name bothered no one until you. You realize you cannot stop at this school, even if you wish to proceed. You'll be opening up a useless can of worms where names of buildings, schools, etc., will continue to be scrutinized. Um, I want you to know that I've thought about all of these letters. I've read them. My family um, has watched the um, dialogue over the past few days. And what I continue to ask myself um, is, and what I promised myself when I ran for this position and on my campaign that I might not always agree with everyone, but I will always vote my values and my morals. And I'm voting my, mor my morals and my values today um, with deep respect to my member 
uh, my co-member Kretz and others, um, I do not want to table this issue. I feel very strongly that we've already seen more than enough dialogue for the past several days and the vitriol of that dialogue. I can't imagine any person, an indigenous person or person of color that would want to walk in that hall and have to defend the right um, to have to not have someone who is a child sex trafficker on their elementary school um, and named that way. And I'm sorry that that is the reality of the history. I, I'm not proud of it either, but it is the reality of the history. And I know it hurts to talk about that. And it's not meant to offend our Italian American um, families in Medford, but I do feel strongly about this. And um, the last thing I would say is, you know, if not now, when, if not me, who? And that's not original, but it is an important quote to me and I wanna share that. Thank you. Thank you. We have four um, residents that like to speak. Um, I think they've shown up on, in order. Um, Nadine Moretti. Hi, thank you, Mayor. Um, hi, everybody. Good evening. I'll try and be brief. Um, the strength and reputation of a school should not be measured by its name. The good name of any school for me is found within the walls and not what is engraved on the outside. Your principal, teachers, staff, administration, and students and families do that. To propose this name change in this manner um, that you are isn't really teaching for me, the children, anything positive, especially in light of the fact that we're getting letters from children. Um, I feel like the focus has been skewed. The Columbus School was built, um, like it was mentioned in 1928 and then re rebuilt in 2003, never having changed the name. So this is 90 years that it has, you know, had the name Christopher Columbus. Um, never thought about it in any other way, I suppose, where I spent uh, about 10 years there with my children. Um, as a child, we all learned about Christopher Columbus in our schools. Um, back in the 80s, I really don't know how exactly, you know, it was taught um, to go on what Paulette had said, uh, the same thing, Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue, it was kind of sticks in your head. Um, so to, to learn about Christopher Columbus and his negative history, which is behind the helm of this fight to change the name, um, the point is it's history. And I'm not really sure why you know where this came about I, I suppose it was drafted i heard about a year ago so i think this is the first i'm hearing about it um i'm going to quote something that said columbus was brutal at times he's a product of his time in being a figure of the 15th century so should not be judged by the morality of the 20th century end quote um i did note in my email that if we begin this scrutinization of this school's name you're probably going to have to go forth and do that with all the other names that we have in medford of schools and statues and whatnot um another thing to consider is the financial impact of all of this and after hearing um most of the budget meeting i would think at this moment you know putting this aside to have a vote in an election or committees formed might be better served right now where we have so many other important things for the whole community to, you know, to realize for our children. Um, another thing I wanted to note, and I hope I can put it somewhere on social media is a beautiful song that was written, I believe by Alastair Mook. And I have a video of children, my, my son singing it from the Columbus about seven or eight years ago. And there's no way for me to really put it on here for you to see but it's just elementary students singing 
an adorable song and they were proud of their school back then. And I don't think that they were really thinking about the name on the outside. They were thinking about their, you know, students next to them, their friends, their teachers, their proud parents. And I just, I guess I'm completely on the opposite side of this. Um, so thank you for your time. Thanks. Thank you. Um, if we could just, we have a number of hands going up too. If we could, you did, that was perfect timing, but just want to make sure we stick to a, a time limit. I believe our rules say, you know, three minutes. So I just want to let you know, Miss Jean Nuzo. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Can you hear me all okay? I've tried to unmute. You're unmuted. We can hear you. Just speak up a little bit. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, I'll come a little closer to the microphone. You'll get a good view of my eyebrows. Um, I'll try to be brief, but um, I want to let you know that I'm speaking for roughly 65 people at last count. Um, so I want to thank you for the opportunity to speak with you on this very important issue of our time. I approached the school committee virtual podium as I often do the city council with the intent to share information and experiences and encourage an open dialogue, which allows us all to make our best informed decisions. I've been asked to speak, as I mentioned, for a number of residents who will advise you of their information in the chat if you so choose. And I can also follow up with you with the written list of those interested parties. Uh, just in the interest of time, it's a long list. Um, again, my name is Jean Nuzo, and I am a lifelong Medford resident. I'm a first-generation Italian-American on my father's side and a third-generation on my mom's. My mother's heritage also makes me Native American, descended from the Mohican tribe of Vermont. My great-great-grandmother, was 100% Mohican Indian. I'm often asked if I'm Puerto Rican, Dominican, Armenian, Egyptian, Greek, a whole host of nationalities really. And I consider myself to be a good representation of the melting pot that we claim to be here in the United States. Growing up in the 70s with a father who spoke broken English, I was often called a WAP, a Dago, a guinea, and many other names I cannot even say. I was teased, taunted, and made fun of, and looked upon as less than. I tell you this merely to illustrate that I understand what hatred and being its recipient can do, and how it shapes our perspective. When someone tells me that they're hurting, I take it very serious. I know what it is to be hurt, and I empathize with people's pain. I want to provide help, and I want to fight, provide comfort where I'm able. Late last week, I became aware of a school committee motion to set up an ad hoc committee to select a new name for the Columbus School. As I often do, I posted the information on social media to keep folks informed and provide the details in the event that anyone wanted to participate in the process. My post was met with all the emotions you would expect and individuals began providing relevant information on the topic. They shared very common, typical key points. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. He discovered America. He is responsible for the magnetic navigation methods we use to this day. 
It is because of Columbus that this continent was colonized. He committed genocide. He is the founding father of slavery in this hemisphere. The claims are many. And so I did what I always do when I look at these types of hot button issues. I researched the matter. I reviewed each and every source that individuals shared with me, and I followed citations to where they led me. Well, I did so as much as one weekend would allow. And what I found is that the fact of the matter is the majority of what we think we know about Columbus is derived from the interpretations of his journal, which was gifted to Queen Isabella upon his return to Spain. It's a journal that was written in 16th century Spanish, Portuguese, and phonetic cotillion, which was then translated to English. These writings, which we refer to as sources, they're abstracts and interpretations of the journal itself. Sadly, the journal was reported missing in 1925 and remains so to this day. And so we are left with others' translations and interpretations and no ability to further assess Columbus' own words ourselves. In essence, we are essentially applying 21st century meanings and values to a 16th century explorer's words that were translated to English in the 1820s without the benefit of actual documentation and text for our reference and context. So, why Columbus? There are so many other Italians that we could hold up to represent our culture, our music, art, architecture, cuisine, inventive spirit. Why him as the, why him as the beacon for Italian Americans? To answer this question, you would need to go back and look at the Italian American experience in this country. Italians began arriving to these shores in the mid 1800s, the majority of which were coming from Southern Italy, Sicily and Sardinia. They left their lives as sharecroppers, working the land for a minority stake of the crop, paying rent for the use of the land and a home to live in, fees for the seeds the landowners provided and paying tuition to be educated as they could. They left for the ever elusive American dream. They began arriving in the United States shortly after the Emancipation Proclamation which among many things that we all know, also created a vacuum of field labor for landowners. This was work that these new immigrants were quite familiar with. Working the land and its crops is the same all over the world. These new immigrants took on the work of recently freed slaves and lived beside and with them. You see, Southern Italians for generations have been considered black and have a long history with their African neighbors. So this was a familiar situation for them. And living among African Americans, sharing a community, and having immigrated to the US with a non-white status, Italian Americans were considered black and suffered some of the same indignities up to and including lynching. In fact, it was the lynching of a 11 Italian men in Louisiana in 1891, which first links the two, Columbus and Italians together. You see, the Italian government caught wind of what was happening here in the US and threatened to cut off diplomatic ties. President Harrison didn't want that. And so the administration came up with the idea 
to celebrate the 400th anniversary of Christopher Columbus' arrival and discovery of America on October 12, 1892, thus celebrating Italian-Americans in an effort to quell tensions. As unwelcomed immigrants, downtrodden and abused, Christopher Columbus became their anchor to their new country, something good to coalesce around. The white perception of the Italian explorer being the catalyst of Cabot's crossing from Europe a few years later and the subsequent establishment of the colonies, which would be the foundation for America, lent Italians credibility and a modicum of tolerance, and the marriage was cemented. What is amazing to me is how Italian-Americans leverage that slight credibility and tolerance and made it pay dividends. In the 1800s and even early 1900s, immigration laws were extremely discriminatory and preference was given to white races. As a black race, only 800 Italian immigrants a year were allowed into the United States. Reforms in the early 1920s did nothing to improve the plight of non-whites. Fast forward to 1943. Italian-Americans, having worked hard to improve their lot, assimilate, and leveraging Columbus for all he was worth, began lobbying to change United States immigration policy. But not for Italians alone, but for all immigrants. From 1943 to 1946, Italian-Americans worked tirelessly. They labored long and were successful in improving immigration overall. Italian-Americans continued to move forward, using La Cosa Nostra to keep order in their communities, adding strength to labor unions as a mechanism to protect the working class, becoming inventors, entrepreneurs, educating their children in ways that had previously been denied to them, eventually reaching the highest levels of education, and finally seeing the first Italian-American Supreme Court judge appointment in 1986. Each step, each sorry, each step and each success along the Italian-American path towards the American dream is routed in Harrison's unintended gift of credibility and tolerance that was bequeathed in that one act of placation well over 100 years ago. This is the legacy of Columbus for Italian-Americans and why many feel so strongly that the name should remain in place. I thank you for your time. Thank you, Ms. Nuzzo. Next up, and if I can just remind everybody, three minutes, Mike Denton. Hi, can you hear me okay? Yes. Uh, Mike Denton, Bellevue Terrace in Medford. Uh, first, I would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional lands of the Wampanoag people. <clears throat> and uh, second, I would like to make clear that I'm here to voice my enthusiastic support for changing the name. And the, my first and second point kind of tie themselves together. Uh, for better or for worse, Christopher Columbus is irrevocably tied to the genocide of the First Nations or, or uh, Native American indigenous populations. And 
I recognize that <clears throat> for a host of other reasons, the idea of reconciling our history with the, the genocide of the indigenous peoples and, and how painful that is for, how painful it is to admit that, that is a part of our history and combined with, but the other side of that is that it's painful for the indigenous people who are still here who are, whose, whose history and generational trauma are still not being acknowledged. And then on top of that, we're at this time where we are finally paying attention to the call from black people for black lives to matter. Uh, and so all of this comes back to the, the simple fact or the simple idea that when we name a building or a school, especially a school, after someone, we are choosing to honor them in some way or another. And this, this move to rename the school is a step, it's a small step, but it's an important step in the process of reconciling our collective past. There's been a lot of talk about division and healing. And I think a part of the challenge that lies before us is that we have to face our really uncomfortable and painful past and reconcile it with the present and find a way to move towards a better future. And so long as we remain silent and say like, oh, just leave it, or because we collectively remained silent and, and made the native peoples and black people invisible, made, their, their, made racism invisible because it was convenient for us for as long as the school was open. And you know what, right now I would just like to say bravo for, rec for taking a moment now to, to recognize that and uh, please, please, please follow through, change the name. There are so many other people whose name you could choose. And because the my closing thought would be this, uh, when choosing the name for the school, whatever gets chosen, the question is, what are we, what are we celebrating? And, and what we choose to celebrate in particular when it comes to naming a school speaks a lot, speaks volumes in terms of what it is that we would like to set, like our children to celebrate and see. And if we're choosing to, to say like, oh, don't see the past, don't see that we slaughtered the native peoples, don't see that black people get treated as less than, then that says something very powerful about us. And we collectively have an opportunity to have what will be a very difficult discussion, but then make some very difficult choices about moving forward to a much better and more humane future. And that was less than three minutes. Thank you, Mr. Denton, appreciate it. Um, Eileen Lerner. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So, um, I am a second generation Jewish American. And a couple of years ago, I went on a trip to Spain and I was in Sevilla and I went to um, see where um, Queen Isabella was, uh, you know, in her coffin in a church. And I learned a lot of different things that I didn't know. And one of them was that the money that finance the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria came from the stolen money from Jews that were persecuted during the Inquisition and killed or driven out of Spain. So that shows you one thing, you know, people can say just history, 
It's easy to ignore history if it isn't a history that persecutes you, you know. And I also wanted to say that I have read the diary of Christopher Columbus. I don't know about what she's referring to as far as the journal, but the diary of Christopher Columbus exists and anybody can read it. And it clearly documents how he treated the Indians with the utmost uh, disrespect and terror. He even set he set um, dogs on them. If they didn't listen to him, he set dogs out to, to kill them. The dogs were killing them. This man is reprehensible. He does not deserve a, uh, a monument. Certainly we could find, I would like to have another Italian American honored, somebody who deserved the honor. Uh, I also wanna say, you know, we owe it to the indigenous people. To, to take his name, I mean, as a Jew, I can imagine, what if I had to go to a school that was the Hitler school? The Hitler school. What if I had to go to a school that was the Hitler school? And we're making people of color go to a school that's named Columbus, that set dogs on people. I don't think we need another uh, meeting. I think the schools committee should take take this responsibility and make a change now. And I also wanted to say, you know, people are speaking about this as though this has created the division in the town. No, no. There may be a division between white people now, but there's always been a division between people of color and white people in Medford. And it's time now that we do something. Maybe it's symbolic, but it's terribly, terribly important and it indicates we're on the right path. And I just hope that our Italian American neighbors understand this says nothing about our regard for our Italian neighbors. In fact, we want them to be represented by somebody that everybody could admire, not just people who are turning their head because it doesn't concern them. Thank you. Thank you. Laura Rotello. Hi, thank you very much for this opportunity to speak. Um, I am a Medford resident of two kids at the Columbus School, one who just finished the third grade today. Uh, thank you to all the teachers for making it happen. We made it to the end and one who's starting kindergarten um, in the fall. Uh, we are very proud of our school. And I also want to mention that um, I myself am of Italian heritage and I support this wholeheartedly. My ancestors left Italy on boats to the Americas and they landed in Argentina where I was born. So I have the privilege of both being of Italian heritage and being an immigrant to this country. And I've lived in Medford for 27 years. And one of the things that I love about it is the Italian American connection that I can go to Bella Ravioli on Christmas Eve and get everything I need to feed my family a beautiful Italian feast. And so I just wanna say that Christopher Columbus is not the best representation of my culture. Um, and I wholeheartedly support this um, effort. And I just wanna add that I think that if you're hearing this for the very first time, I wanna say something about that. The reason that we haven't been talking about it before is because we were always told that the time was not right. So from the day that my daughter started at the Columbus School, I've been talking about this with other parents, with school administrators, and I've always been told that the time is not right. Well, I think the time is right now and we can go ahead with this uh, hearing all opinions, but I think the time is right to change the name of our wonderful school. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, 
Kelly Catalo. Madam Mayor, good to see you. You too. And thank you for responding to my email. Thank you, Kathy Kretz, for calling me when she got my email on Friday. Uh, Mia Stone, thank you for your email and thank you for the time for having a conversation about it. Um, and Jenny, thank you for your email today. And I think that the one thing that I can honestly say that is making me very, very sad is Medford is in turmoil right now. My office is in Medford Square, and we have been living in the midst of the turmoil down here. I am very happy that people are finding their voice. However, Medford is at a very difficult crossroad already. I think that by the members who brought this forward, they didn't stop to think about the best interest of the community right now because all it's done is add fuel to the fire. Medford is over 400 years old. I could sit here and give you history on almost every property that is not going to correspond to people's values today in Medford. One of the things that we spoke about on Saturday, Mia, I am very concerned that they are going to roll from the Columbus over to the Brooks School. And you said to me, well, why the Brooks? He was a governor. Well, he was a slave owner. You know, but again, I didn't know everything about Christopher Columbus that Gene Nuzzo brought forward today. So I was listening very intently, learning about that. I'm a little bit concerned that no matter which way this goes, it is not being done in the best interest of the people of Medford. You cannot even give our children a grade because you were not able to give them all a device so that they could all participate in an education. Well, you know what? As a parent as of a junior, I think that sucks. And excuse my mouth, but if you couldn't give them a grade so that they could communicate, I know the people of Medford right now are not able to get all their voices out, positive or negative. The process is not fair via a Zoom call. I hear a lot of people that are in pain that are speaking up one way or another. I feel like if we were in a room having roundtable discussions, Medford would walk out stronger whichever way it goes. We can't erase the history of Medford. I love the people of Medford, and I think that the people of Medford today, you know, people come to this city and they look at the history of this city, the fact that we've been able to preserve it. I don't feel like we live our history. I feel that we're very, very different. You know, Mia, in our conversation the other day, you thought that you signed a resolution that just said that there was going to be an advisory committee. And I said to you, no, line one says you're changing the name of the school. I think we need to have public conversations. I don't care what it is. I'm concerned about the transparency of the process. I'm concerned that in the email, Jenny, from you today, you know, um, you basically referred to this as a non-crisis item. It is a non-crisis item. I feel like it can wait. I feel like a lot of our teachers are getting pink slips and losing their jobs. And I would rather see whatever money is going to be spent on renaming a school or consultants or whatever else, put a teacher back at their job. We need our children back in school. Our children need an education. We don't have the money to fund that, never mind funding 
changing the name of a school right now. I'm not going to weigh in one way or another on what I think. I love the history of Medford. I don't want to see it erased, but I do want to see the teachers in their job. I want to see today's children getting their education. And I just don't feel like this is the right time for this. So I would ask you out of respect for the 60,000 people in the city of Medford to table it until everybody can come into a room and have a discussion and some healing and some decisions to be made then. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Ms. Kathleen Kay. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, school committee, and to all the, the members of the Medford community. My name is Kathleen Kay, and I have to say that I am the proud principal of the Christopher Columbus School. But I also want to add that we are more than just the name. As Mrs. Moran had referred to, the students in 2014, the fourth graders did work with Alistair Mook to create a song about the school's name. And the spirit of the song, although it does mention Columbus, is more about being an explorer. And that when we come to school, we are all explorers. So I don't love the Columbus because it's called the Christopher Columbus. I love the Columbus because of the teachers, the students, and the families that make up my little community here in Medford. But I also want to say that I totally see both sides of the, the discussion here. In fact, when I was a fourth grade teacher, for any of you who are not familiar with the book, it's written by Jane Yolen, and it's a realistic fiction, and it's called Encounter. And that was decades ago. I taught fourth grade a pretty long time ago now. And when I would teach the history of Christopher Columbus to my students, it was a discussion we had where I wanted them to think about many of the things that were mentioned tonight. The fact that Christopher Columbus did take indigenous people as slaves. And that was an eye opener for me way back then. I know this is an emotionally charged decision and a discussion and whether it takes place now during the pandemic or tabled when the pandemic is over, I do think that it's really important moving forward that we are meaning, that we're mindful of what we're doing and that we're very inclusive. And by that, I mean, I would really want to see that the students, the families and the staff and teachers that are members of the Columbus community have a stake and that they're involved in the process we could have our students do research projects into a better name, whether it's an Italian or some other Medford-type uh, trait that we want to emulate by naming, renaming the school. But I think for those people, and especially the children, who might be uh, having a hard time separating for the name of our school because they love where they're educated, I think this would empower them to embrace any such change if that is what we feel we need to do as a community. I, every year, take pictures of the students and I save them from kindergarten until fifth grade. And at the end of fifth grade, before they graduate and move on, I put together a slideshow. We watched it the other day with the fifth graders. And I have to say, watching their faces in the pictures I've taken over the six years and watching their faces on the Google Meet meeting there were plenty of smiles. Most of the students really enjoy their time at Columbus. And as I said, a name is important. But 
It's also important the people that make up that building. And I would like to see all of us be part of that process. So I thank you for your time. Mayor. Thank you. M Member Vanderkloot. Yes, I, I would like to amend uh, the main motion put before my colleagues, Paul Rousseau, uh, uh, Mia Mastone, and Melanie McLaughlin uh, to read, as part of the charge to the advisory committee, the committee will be instructed to partner with the students, families, and staff of the Columbus School. Mayor? Member Rousseau? Um, the committee of the whole meeting that's in there is to actually define the parameters. Those are certainly parameters I have personally wanted to include, but there are many other parameters. Um, so I don't mind adding those, but when we have a committee of the whole where we define the parameters, I suspect that will be just the beginning. So I don't have any problem with that amendment. Thank you. Um, Eliza, Alyssa, Alyssa. Hi, my name is Alisa. Um, I got it both wrong. Okay, so I apologize. I don't mind as, all, as long as I know you're talking to me. That's all. I <laughs> yes, it's you. My name is Alisa Lodato. I am pretty obviously of Italian-American descent myself with a name like that. I live on Marion Street, just a few blocks away from the Columbus School. Um, and I happen to be a teacher. And I respect uh, all of the ideas about including the children in any decision in change the name. I mean, not the decision, but who could replace it, including students is always a passionate thing for teachers. But um, I want to talk a little bit about my journey as an Italian American and a teacher and how I approach Christopher Columbus um, and lessons about Christopher Columbus. And when I started out, uh, you know, we sang the songs and we colored pictures of the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. My kids were little. Um, and it was the way it was always done, and I had fond memories of doing it that way. Um, and I became uncomfortable with holding up this man as a great hero and, and a great explorer who, I mean, got, got lost, went to the wrong place. And I think there's a lot of things about the story beyond just the really important mistreatment of indigenous people. <laughs> like he's just not a great role model and I started to struggle with that. So personally, I then didn't know how to talk about Columbus Day with my kids and I backed up off my teachings and kept it pretty perfunctory for a while until I realized that really what bothered me was the lack of truth involved and how I wasn't taught that truth when I was small. And I do teach about Christopher Columbus now in an age-appropriate way. We talk about how it's important to question the people that you're told are heroes and find out more about them. And I use that angle and we talk about how he didn't actually land on mainland America and he wasn't the first and other facts. But I also, I also think he doesn't need to be on the side of a school. Um, I think that most of us probably aren't teaching as thoroughly about these facts because we don't know how to talk to young children about it. And I support the idea of changing the name of the school. And I, I hate that people feel like you're erasing history when really I think what most people who feel strongly about this want is to embrace 
more history and more truth. Nobody's trying to silence history um, in this action. Uh, I think that's a misconception and I feel that it's very unfortunate that people feel you're taking something away from their memories and their history when you change something like this. Um, but that's not actually happening either. Like all of your memories remain intact. So if you feel strongly, I think it's beautiful that you care about your community, but I don't, I don't think that the argument that we're erasing history is a valid one. And I think that most educators and most parents just really want their children to learn and know more. We want more accuracy and more knowledge and more love. I think that learning that you were mistaken about something and learning how to adapt to that and do things differently is the goal of society at large. We all should be able to recognize our problems and then admit mistakes and that's how you create change, you know? Thank it's you. practice. So that's my opinion. Thank you. Thank you. Time. Thank you. Um, Claire Flaherty. Hi, good evening. Thanks. Claire Flaherty, uh, 44 Marshall Street in Medford. Um, I wanted to take some time to say thank you to everybody who's already commented. A lot of the things I was going to say have already been covered, so I'll be really brief. I wanted to say thank you to Jean Nuzzo, actually, to for her recounting of the Italian-American experience and its connection to Christopher Columbus, because I, I think it's really important to recognize that, as she said, the history of Christopher Columbus discovering America was a fiction designed to help a marginalized people feel that they had a sense of belonging to the new nation that they were struggling to adapt with and to be beheld by. The history that is repeating of the honoring of Christopher Columbus as the discoverer or an explorer that landed in America is a fiction. And he landed in Haiti. He did not land in mainland America. And to perpetuate this untruth is as damaging as some of the horrible associations that his name has with the genocide and the slave trading and the sex exploitation and the fact that he was a, a paid slave trader, not an explorer. He was paid by the court of Spain to find new lands and bring back wealth, including people. I personally find that abhorrent to put on the side of a school. However, I understand the Italian Americans connection to their history, but it is a flawed history brought on by their own pain. And I would hope that the Italian American community could understand that that was a, that was a story needed at that moment in time, but that it was a story as most history is. Most history is written by the victor. Most history is written by somebody that is shouting the loudest to get their point across. A lot of history has ignored the disenfranchised, the silent, and the people of color. And I think it's really important that as a school and as a school building's name, that we teach children that history needs to be accurate. Whether it's messy and ugly, it needs to be true. Because how else are they going to go and do better? 
How else can we show them that they could do better? We did this for so long and it was wrong. And now we know that it was wrong and we can have historical facts that it was wrong. We can talk about it. But how will they do better as a generation if we keep perpetuating the same stories that we now know categorically are false? I also wanted to add that the Christopher Columbus School is the only school in Medford of the four elementary schools that is not named after a person who lived in Medford. I think it's incredibly important to use the naming of buildings, public buildings, after people, prominent people who have put out a positive force for Medford, who have changed the world so that children can go into the buildings and look and listen and hear about their stories and be inspired, be inspired to invent, be inspired to serve, be inspired to lead, because that's what's important. But it will mean that we will have to change the names of schools periodically as time goes by that these should not be written in stone and that they should be talked about and evolved to match the diversity of the community and to evolve with how history is unfolding before us. That is how communities stay alive. That is how communities grow and embrace their history and also move forward. To not do that is a mistake to our children's education and to the next generation of people from Medford. So I support the name to be removed and to have a committee to talk about it from all sides of suggestions of who should be honored with being named an elementary school for that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Christy Avino. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, thank you, School Committee, for, for prompting this really important discussion. Um, I live at 24 Carberry Street in Fulton Heights. Um, I'm a third generation Italian American. My great grandparents and my great uncle um, immigrated to this country in the 1920s from San Giuseppe Vesuviano, which is near Naples. Um, soon after they arrived, my grandfather was born. His name was Emilio Gennaro Avino. Um, but due to the deep prejudice that my great grandparents faced, due to sort of the ongoing history of discrimination and violence against Italian Americans, they changed my grandfather's name shortly before he went to kindergarten. They changed his name to Thomas Robert Avino. So that way he would have a more Ang Americanized and more Anglo-Saxon type name. They did this because they hoped that he would have a chance to sort of escape the prejudice that they faced, um, being immigrants, um, learning English, speaking broken English. Um, and they, they really hoped and, and believed at that time in the 1920s that it, that it was necessary to change my grandfather's name to allow him to assimilate more. He served in the US Army in Korea. He was a public transit bus driver for all of his working life. He revered Italian artists and opera singers and, and football players all of the people who give life to Italy's great country. He didn't view Christopher Columbus as a hero. He didn't view Christopher Columbus as a representation of the greatness that Italy and Italian Americans have achieved. And my point in sharing that is because I understand sort of the, the deep pain um, that Italian Americans experience while assimilating um, into America. But I don't believe that we must preserve history for the sake of preservation. I think we should acknowledge the true story of Christopher Columbus's role in, um, in uh, the elimination of, of natives from this land. But I think we also cannot teach that lesson at the same time that our children sit in a school named for Columbus. 
I think I, I'm a parent um, of one child, soon to be two, at the Roberts. And I think about their peers who are being educated at the Columbus who grow up and learn the truth about what we now understand about Columbus. And do they look back and they wonder, what else am I missing? Did my school lead me down the wrong path in this building that was named to honor Columbus in spite of what we know are all of his flaws now? And I wonder, how does it color their perception of their educational experience in Medford? To share briefly, our Columbus school, as we've heard tonight, was named in uh, 1929, which was five years before Columbus Day was declared a national holiday here in the United States. The naming was clearly a part of the effort to combat decades of violence and prejudice against Italians and Italian Americans. And so I understand how the naming of the school after Columbus must feel very symbolic for people of that struggle. I also believe, however, that renaming the school 91 years later does not undo all of the progress that we have made as Italian Americans. I don't believe it will move Italian Americans to the most marginalized among us. I do believe that it, renaming the school could go a long way towards helping um, hold up another important person from Medford, um, or perhaps even including um, a name after someone who belongs to a, a marginalized or victimized group. Renaming the school could go a long way towards helping other marginalized and victimized groups make their own step toward progress. I think that um, we are at a critical time in our history to have this discussion. Pandemic or not, I think we have an opportunity to have this discussion. And if this motion passes, I will look forward to, um, to uh, listening to that discussion. And if the name is in fact changed, I, I have no doubt that Medford will start to look at other ways to honor our Italian American heritage, which is so strong in our city. Thank you very much. Thank you. Member Russo, you're next. Would you like to, there's two more people that want to speak or do you have emails you'd like to read? Um, I'll let them speak first. I do have emails, but I will Okay. okay. Ingrid Monacata? Moncada? Hi. Hi. Um, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> um, okay, so it was really hard for me to talk today. Um, and it's funny because it's been this, the reason why, I think, the reason why so many people say that this is the first time that they've heard about it. Uh, their kids have gone to the Columbus and they love the name and nobody, nobody um, has had a problem with the, with the name. And I feel like the reason they don't know is because we are, are, are a lot of people... Um, have been talking about this for a long time. Okay, so sorry, I'm gonna back up. I am a parent of the Columbus School. My, my kids have gone to the Columbus School for, I have a sixth grade, so it's been six, six years. And I've been talking about this since the first time I saw the school, since the first time I realized that my kids were gonna go to the Columbus School. I've been saying, why is it called the Columbus School? Why are we honoring this person who came to the Americas and just basically brutalized and killed all these native people. Um, I am also a first generation immigrant from a Latin American country. So I also feel like, um, I feel like a minority sometimes. And so all these years we've been talking about it and we, we've been saying we should change the name of the school, but always they have said, this is not the time. Uh, a lot of people are gonna get offended. 
um, you know, don't speak up because um, they're just going to not listen to you. Um, the teachers don't want the change. Uh, people don't like change. My neighbor across the street, um, you know, sometimes I don't feel heard. My neighbors, you know, and so I, I feel like that's why you haven't heard from us because we we feel sometimes like we can't speak up and and um, just look around the room and look at the people who have spoken. How many people of color have spoken? How many immigrants have spoken? How many immigrants are here in the room right now? Have we heard the voices of everyone? I've only seen people speaking that are, I don't know, I don't want to judge, but I don't think we are representing everyone in Medford in this meeting right now. And so I feel like I have to speak up right now and have to say, yes, it is offensive that the school that my kids go to is named after someone like Christopher Columbus. And it is offensive. I want it to change. Um, my kids want it to change. We love the school. We love the teachers. We love the principal. Um, like Ms. K said, the Columbus School is more than just the name, and that's not going to change. But if we change the, the name of the school and we involve the community and the kids, I love that idea, then we can make that change. And it's, it's going to be ours. It, it'll feel more like our school and not just some name, but we came up with it. The community came up with it. And um, I just, I, I will feel like we have been heard. And I think that, you know, I'm just a mom. I'm just a resident of Medford. I don't have all the, you know, I don't know anyone in power here in the city, um, but I feel like um, I want to be heard. And this is the time. This is the time to be heard. Thank we you. Hear, we hear you. Thank you so much. Um, I know Rhea Vedro dropped down somehow, so I'm going to let you go. I think you were next. Hi, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm um, speaking in favor of voting to go forward and change the name of the Columbus School. Um, I'm a mother here, and actually my children go to the Brooks, and I have the privilege to sit on the newly formed or newly revived diversity committee of the Brooks PTO along with um, my colleague who will hopefully speak in a moment. And um, I moved to Medford about four and a half, five years ago, and I was shocked to find I had most recently, I've lived in many cities and many countries, but I had most recently lived in the Midwest, in Madison, Wisconsin, which you would think of as a small place compared to the Boston metro area. But the voice of the Native American community was so strong and um, active. So moving here and finding that my children were still learning the Santa Maria, the Pinta, the, you know, the three boats and the Columbus story in a pretty traditional way was actually um, deeply upsetting to me. And I did talk to their teachers at that time as well. And I think we're in a moment in our, in our world, and I won't speak too long because many, many people have already spoken, but, you know, if you change is uncomfortable. And if you think about a butterfly emerging from a chrysalis, you know that it hurts. And this is actually a really small ask um, and change is a verb and, and equity is a verb and justice is a verb. It's not like you check something off a box and you're done. This is work that we, and particularly speaking to the white people and I'm white on this call, um, this is our opportunity. It's just a small little thing we can do. And you know what, to the caller who, or the speaker, the mother that was talking earlier, um, with all respect, yes, I think that the 
things that will arise from this is someone will look at the Brooks estate as, and the slaveholding and all of that and ask that name to change too. And that's okay. Like these are actually um, pretty small moves and they happen all the time. The, the schools that I went to as a child have different names now for these same exact reasons. It doesn't matter. And um, just for context as well, I just wanted to add um, my work. I serve as the director of community engagement at the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. These same exact conversations to dig into the history of wealthy historical figures nationally, Boston, any of the great institutions that people call legacy institutions, the MFA, the, the Isabel Stewart Gardner Museum, these, these places that we look to as kind of bastions of culture. We're all grappling with these same exact issues within these large institutions of how to look our history in the face, not erase it completely, but be accountable to it and to telling different stories and centering different perspectives and different lenses in order to make that history, uh, to be accountable to that history and not tell it in a, in a really thin, one-sided way. So um, I'm really excited to see this conversation happening in Medford, um, and I think I'll leave it there. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, Akusu? Akusa? Sorry. I'm... Hi, um, Akosia. I'm Akosia. Akosia. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, so, um, I also heard about this. Um, my name, yeah, my name is Akosiampo Pasiba. I'm originally from Ghana, and I'm married to um, an Italian American. So we have an African Italian American daughter who just started um, at the Brooks um, this past year as a kindergartner. Um, I was. I also learned about this move to rename the Columbus School um, just a couple days ago, um, and I was very anxious to participate in this process. Um, I can understand the concerns about not um, having enough voices at the table here today. If I had heard about this after the fact. Excuse me, I'm sorry, excuse me, Akusia, excuse me. Mayor, point of clarification, can we please mute everyone else and let Akusia talk? I'm having difficulty hearing, thank you. Is this any better? It's not you, Akusia. It's oh. other people don't have their microphones off. Um, so we're hearing a lot of background noise from them. So I'm asking the um, co-host if they could mute everyone. And Yeah, I did, I did mute a couple people. But Peter, maybe you can get the rest. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sorry, Akusia. So um, I understand the concern about not having enough voices. If I'd heard about this after the fact, I would have been very um, concerned I think that is important um, that we are looking to create a community here in Medford that is inclusive um, of, of our full community um, and that makes it a place where people who have been marginalized and continue to be so can feel like they are an important and vibrant part of our fabric. Um, you know, bringing our child into the school system um, where, you know, I'm also a co-chair with Rhea Vedro um, on the diversity committee. And the reason I do that is because I really want to work with our community to build a place that feels inclusive, that um, espouses equality and embraces that and it seeks justice for, for all of us. Um, and that I think the name, you know, I think we should move forward with renaming the school now um, or 
you know, setting up the committee now and then work together with the community to identify an appropriate name that we can all be excited about that will signal that we are ready in this moment to, to change and to look hard and that we are looking for names that inspire as many of you have said. Um, so I'm glad that I was able to be here. I do think we should move forward with saying that we will rename the school um, and then work to figure out how to do that and also look at the other buildings that might need to be named, such as the Brooks. Um, so thank you. Thank you very much. Ian McCollum? Uh, yes, this is Ian McCollum's phone. I'm Ian McCollum's wife. My name is Anna <laughs> Novogradsky. Um, I'm a parent in Medford. We, we have a two and a half year old. Um, we live in on Pleasant Street, and um, I am white. Uh, almost everyone who's spoken here is white, um, and I. Um, first of all, the first thing I want to do is read uh, part of a dissertation, a graduate dissertation um, from Marshall University. It's very. It's a. It sounds academic and terrible, but it's a very small bit. Um, uh, so I want to read this, um, about black students experience with the names of their schools. This was written, um, in the context of the South. So it talks about Confederate schools named after Confederates, which we're not talking about here, but also white supremacists, which Columbus, uh, undoubtedly was. Um, so the, the thesis finds that, um, let's find the abstract here. So the thesis finds that, um, black educators, teachers, perceived and experienced schools named for prominent Blacks as a catalyst to create critical race curricula that highlighted the achievements of Blacks despite racism in America. Schools named for prominent Blacks were instrumental in challenging the dominant perspectives about Black inferiority by dispelling stereotypes and emphasizing social justice. The findings were that Black educators perceived and experienced schools named for white supremacists and Confederates as symbolic violence that could not be used to enhance curricula or create a positive school culture around the ideals of the namesakes. As a trifecta for white supremacy, the names simultaneously solidified the permanence of racism, amplified the systemic racism that produced inequitable educational outcomes for Black students, and were themselves racial microaggressions causing socio-emotional disruption for Black teachers and their students who grappled with educational leadership's decisions to maintain the names. So I think um, that my voice as a white person is not terribly important here, but that um, right now, when we have just witnessed the murder of George Floyd, and we are all aware that racial violence has a terrible effect on all of the black students and students of color in Medford. I think it's essential that we think about their educational experience and name a school after someone who is, I, do, I would say we should name a school after a black person. We should rename the Columbus school after somebody who's black um, and, or at least a person of color um, and re-emphasize the um, importance of mm, the the importance of the history of black people in Medford um, that we not just acknowledge that history but believe that it's important and valuable and um, worth amplifying. 
Thank you very much. Um, Divya. Hi, um, 122 Park Street. I'm Divya Anand. I have a daughter who goes to the Roberts School. And I want to start by paying homage to the Native American, American Indian populations uh, who lived here, whose cultures have been disseminate, decimated, whose families have been killed, murdered, and on whose lands we live and thrive. They are the Pawtucket, Wampanoag, and Abenaki. And I do not want to speak for anyone who is who identifies as indigenous or Native American. But as a person of color, this space that I'm speaking right now is not a safe space for me. It takes a lot to listen to some of these conversations and come up and speak here. So for a child of color to have gone to a school named after a child rapist who has started, who is like the father of the slave trade each day to go to that school. And I also want to refer back to what um, Ingrid had shared as an indigenous person to the Americas and as a first generation immigrant, the pain that was so evident in her voice for not having a space to speak up, not having neighbors who really do understand until this moment in time when we also don't have any guarantees that anything was going to change with impact. I don't know who gets to write history, but according to historical records, it's those with power who get to write their own histories. And you can put up rapists and slave traders as, you know, people that you are, take pride in, but that's on you. And that's not a future that I see for my, ch for my child at the very least. That's all, thank you. Thank you. Melissa, Melissa Collin? Hi, just, I'm not sure, can you hear me and see me? Yes, yes. Hi, my name is Melissa Colon. Um, I want to begin by saying this. There is no Christopher Columbus. His name was Cristoforo Colombo. Later, he called himself Cristobal Colón um, when he was working for the Queen of Spain. And that was the name that he took on for most of his life. I know this because as a small child, I became... Uh, ugh, I became highly interested in the history of Cristobal Colón because I share his last name. And I am a descendant of the Arawak nation that was disseminated by the acts of genocide, of slavery, of sexual assault, of human trafficking that, can't, that comes and cannot be uncoupled by the history of Columbus. I'm also an educator and it it surprises me, it shocks me, it dismays me that we have so many members of our community that say that they didn't know. They didn't know that this was the history. When we say that we didn't know, it tells me two things. We didn't want to know, we didn't want to see, or that we received an education that was full of myths. In 1989, the, uh, a, a gentleman, a historian by the name of James Lowen wrote a book national bestseller that's called the lies my teacher taught me the second chapter 
1989 is dedicated to the myth of Columbus. And yet here we are debating whether or not a school should be named after someone who in many ways symbolic, uh, signifies Western white supremacy, who represents genocide, who represents slavery, and people like me, whose own heritage is marred by this violence, have to send my children too to the Columbus School, where this year, my kindergartner, a child of Arawak descent, a child of African descent, has to coloring pictures of the boats to celebrate. I'm very thankful for all the teachers of the Columbus who have given my children a lot of love. But what we need in Medford Public Schools is a critical education, a critical education. We cannot hold heed to the misinformation of people who are misguided and are using a myth of Columbus, the myth of Columbus, of a man who never existed, to honor the heritage of Italian-Americans. They have contributed so much to who we are as a community. He is not the one that we need to uplift. So needless to say, me and my family, we have always been against honoring people who stand up, who, who represent slavery and genocide and rape. This is not something that my family has ever wanted to support. So I always ask myself, why do some people want to do this? So I respectfully ask that the school committee and the leaders of Medford and all of our neighbors critically ask themselves why we must have a Christopher Columbus school. Who does it hurt and who does it serve? Thank you for your time. Thank you. Riley? Hi, uh, my name is Riley McLaughlin. Um, I'm a recent graduate of Medford High School, been going to Medford Public Schools my whole life, pretty much. And I just wanted to say, I wanted to emphasize that changing the name of the Columbus School is not an attack on Italian heritage, but rather it's a call against the name of a school being one after a slave trader and someone who literally committed genocide against people of color. As everybody has already said, child rapist, he, he abused so many people, killed so many people. Um, again, some people have brought up that it's uh, erasing Medford's history, it's erasing the Columbus School. Changing the name of a school does not change the content of the school. It doesn't change the teachers, it doesn't change the principal, it doesn't change the education that people are getting. It just changes the name of the school as it should. On top of that, I think a lot of elementary school students don't understand the significance of the name as they're all pretty much under 10 years old, like elementary school students. Um, but we do. Students, of, um, students at Medford High, like we understand the history of Christopher Columbus and it's just not one that should be celebrated. Um, I don't think having um, a school named after somebody who committed mass genocide against people of color is a good reflection of Medford in itself. And in general, Christopher Columbus is just not someone we should be honoring or celebrating. Um, a lot of people think that um, this should be tabled, that it should be put off, but this should have happened a long, long time ago, in all honesty. Um, I think that this is the time to change. And um, 
especially with what's with everything that's been going on now, like Medford has been racist for years and people are just speaking out about it now. It's not like Medford is racist now. I mean, it is, but people are just starting to speak out about it now, which is why Medford needs to show that it has um, students of color's backs. It has people of color's backs. And I think a good way to do that is to change the name of um, the Christopher Columbus School. So I just wanted to say that I support changing the name and um, speaking on behalf of a lot of students at Medford High, a lot of my friends um, have no issue with changing the name. It should have been changed a long, long time ago. So I think it needs to happen now and I think it's a good decision. Thank you. John Petrella. John? Yep. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm a lifelong resident of Method. I'm Italian American. And I don't think, I just think this whole thing should be tabled. Um, and I, I know a lot of other people that don't have the ability to, uh, you know, do the computer work and what's necessary to have their voices heard. And I hear everybody. I have a lot of compassion. For everybody that spoke tonight, um, I've also done a lot of homework. I grew up, that school was a source of pride for everyone that grew up in South Medford. Everyone. My parents, uh, my grandparents, uh, there was a lot of money that came from Italian people donated to that school. And it, it was just a lot of, a lot of good things about that school. So now... When I was a kid, Christopher Columbus was a hero. That's how we looked at him. So if we're going to uh, say that uh, he's not, I mean, he's this, he's a child rapist, we can go on and on. I've heard a lot of horrible things said about him. Um, I can't uh, say that they're not true, but I also can't say that they are true. Gene uh, spoke earlier, and I... I think it's very important that we do. You have to go back in time uh, and see what happened at that particular time period. What was the world like back then? What was it like? Well, I mean, this was happening all over. It wasn't just uh, America, Christopher Columbus. I, I, every one of us, every single one of us, black, Italian, Irish, Jewish, all of us have had our tragedies, okay? Everybody does. Um, I, I just don't, you just can't go back and change history, okay? I understand that, you know, they want to change the school and, and, you know, the name, fine. But I still think this needs to be tabled and everyone has to have a say in if, if, if they decide to change the name. Then, I mean, I want to know who has to say to, uh, you know, to make this change. I mean, we got so many things going on in Medford. Um, I just, you know, this to me is not a, a major issue right now. Okay, it's the name of a school. It, it's not that important with everything else that's going on in Medford and around the world. And uh, I, I just think that this is the wrong time because we're going to do the Columbus School and then we're going to do the Brooks School, and then we're going to do the Royal House, and then we're going to do Royal Street. 
and we're going to just keep going and going and going. And then we're going to go after Washington. They're already trying to go after Abraham. This is America. It will always be America. I am always going to be proud of this country. I've lived in Method my whole life, and I am very proud of it. And no, one, no one's going to change my opinion. No one's going to tell me I'm a racist. I'm an Italian-American, okay? I've lived in Method. I am not a racist. I'm tired of listening to it. And that's part of the problem. We're all tired of it. I grew up in Method. In my opinion, it was never a racist city. I didn't see it. We grew up. We all got along. That was it. We all got along. There was never any problems. So I hear it. I have a lot of compassion, and I mean that. Okay, my heart is broken with some of the things I've heard tonight. And, you know, I can't say that they're all 100% true. I can't say that they're all 100% false. But there's a lot more room for conversation here. We, we just can't go around changing uh, Americans' history. I Thank mean, that's you. like me, me going to another country and, and changing their history. I mean, we all have our difficulties and our problems. This is not the time right now to, to worry about this matter, okay? Table it and take it up and have a serious conversation. People need to get together. We'll come together and we'll do what has to be done. Thank that's you. That's the way I feel. Thank you. C Christopher Carbone? Uh, uh, Carboni, because I'm Carboni. Italian. Um, oh, thanks, so my, sorry. my name is Christopher Carboni. Um, I live at 63 Bowen Avenue in, in Medford. My daughter, Rachel, went to the Columbus School, and my daughter, Sarah, currently goes to the Columbus School. Uh, as I said, I'm 100% Italian, um, and as an Italian-American, what, what I'm hearing as people talk is about what history has to reflect, and any Italian knows when they went through the American history books there are basically four Italians that are mentioned at all in American history. And they are more or less Columbus, Sacco and Vanzetti, and Geraldine Ferraro. And that's in like 500 years. And so when people say, well, we need to be represented, I think that's a lot of what the Italians are saying too, is we need to represent too. But the issue is I don't subscribe to identity politics. I don't believe that merely because Christopher Columbus happened to have been born in the same general geographical area as one of my great, great, great grandparents, that therefore he, he shares my values. I think that when we name things, especially when a town names things, they have to represent our values. What are not values from 500 years ago, but what are our values today that are effectively transcendent? They were true today. They were true 50 years ago. They were true 500 years ago. What are the things a society values? I think as an American, we value intelligence, hard work. We, we value stoicism. We value um, ingenuity. We value, someone said, inventiveness. These are things we value. We, we also value personal liberty, which is very important. The reason why I say that is because it's reminding me that I think that if we had Christopher Columbus right here now, he wouldn't recognize anything that comes anywhere close to any of our values. These aren't, he would not be representative of any of our values. He wouldn't know personal liberty if it hit him in the face. He certainly wouldn't understand religious liberty, unless, of course, it was the religious liberty of the Catholic Church. He wouldn't know who we were. When we name something or we make a statue of something, it has to identify who we are. 
I did not like a lot of what was being said because I think it keeps being sh- sh- uh, funneled into, well, if you're like this, you must be like the Confederates. You must be like white supremacists. You must be like Hitler. No, that's not the argument. And it's not fair to say that to your fellow citizens. People on this, this call who say things like, it's not the time, it's not the time. Here's what they're saying. What they're kind of saying is, I don't like to be insulted when I'm bringing up my point of view. We can't have that. I, I found myself, as I was listening, I completely agree with, uh, with uh, Councilwoman Vanderkloot, and she would be the person I, who my vote would be with. I would vote to table this because I think we need far more transparency, but I also would vote to change the school's name. Christopher Columbus does not represent our values. So when I think of American values, I think of those things I said before. 2020, look, this is just my, I would love to be part of this committee, by the way, that, that does this. I would volunteer my time. I think it's very important. It's vitally important. Why? Because I'm Italian also because I'm an American. I think that in 2020 is going to be remembered for right now, who the heck knows what's going to happen next. It's going to be remembered for two things. It's going to be remembered for the terrible killing of George Floyd, and it's going to be remembered for COVID-19. I think if every person in this room put all of our collective talents together, we would never be able to come close to solving the problem that happened to George Floyd. But I know of at least one person who did everything they could to solve the problems of COVID-19. Now, I would, if I could, and I'm not because I'm not a dictator, I think we should have more transparency. But if I could, I would name it the Dr. Anthony Fauci Elementary School. That's me. That's my opinion. And, and that, but I think because he is, but you might say, even as you're listening to me, you think, well, of course you think that you're Italian. You know what? You might be right. You might be right because that could be true. But when I look at what he's done through stoicism, intelligence, ingenuity, inventiveness, the ability to speak truth to power. All those things we value. I'd like to think, I'm also thinking I'd want to name the Dr. Fauci school because I'm an American. All right. Thank you very Thank you really very hey. much for listening. I went beyond three minutes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, three minutes. Thank you. Um, Anthony Cardellano. Thank you, Mayor Kern. I will try not to take up your time. My name is Anthony Cardellano, and I went to the Columbus Elementary School. I am now going to be going into high school next year, which is a big accomplishment for me. As many of you know, Christopher Columbus has become a highly controversial figure in recent times. As Miss uh, Miss Nuzo stated, the journals of Columbus may have been over-exaggerated to a great extent over the years. By changing the name of the school, history is being slandered across our great nation. This is merely one example of the destruction of our past. The name changing of the school is not only pointless due to our current status regarding this pandemic, but also similar to the Library of Alexandria. The Library of Alexandria was a vast record of scrolls that existed in ancient Greece. When newcomers arrived at the library with scrolls, the owners of the library took the scrolls and copied them. The copied scrolls would be given to the, to the travelers and the original ones would be kept at the library for the sheer sake of knowledge. But sadly, a man by the name of Julius Caesar accidentally burnt down the library while trying to best his enemies. The burning of the library set humanity back at least 1,000 years. While, cha- uh, while changing the name of the school may not, may not be as severe as the burning of the library, it will continue to spread. Will the Brooks be renamed because the Brooks own slaves? Will the Royal House be torn down because they own slaves? Will the Washington Monument be torn down because George Washington owned slaves? Many of you may think that I am simply a stupid and uneducated child, but consider this. Those who erase history are doomed to repeat it. Thank you for listening. Jessica. 
Hi, sorry, I was trying to unmute. Um, thank you so much. My name is Jessica Riviccio. Uh, I live on Boston Ave. I am 42 years old and have lived in this city my entire life. Um, I, I, there are some speakers here of, of people that have lived in the city their whole lives and um, listening to some of the things be discussed, <clears throat> I'm gonna try not to get upset, um, is breaking my heart. Um, people have always said to me, don't you wanna live anywhere else, move anywhere else? And I said, no, this is where my heart is. It's in this city. My grandparents lived here. My mother was the first graduate of the new high school, which is now 50 years old. I had my daughter here. <clears throat> Sorry. And she is a member of the Columbus School. And Medford is such a tight-knit place that my daughter's kindergarten teacher actually graduated with me from Medford High School in 1996. Um, some of the people that have spoken have said that this has been a running conversation for many years. And I'm not trying to be crass, but I call BS. I've been at that Columbus School, even though I am a working mother. I have never once heard a conversation and I'm friends with a lot of these people. My heart is broken. My point I want to bring up is twofold. <clears throat> One, we're having a lot of arguments about history and about who's right and wrong. My concern is our children. And I understand that as adults, we have a responsibility to show them what's right and wrong, but you cannot make this change as drastically as you think you can without having children be confused and questioning what they've learned. So <clears throat> my second point is I, whether or not I agree or disagree with this decision is I'm not going to put it out there, but I will say that in a, t in a city this big where people have, yes, lived here their entire lives and they do not have access to the past 72 hours of conversation that has taken place to deny, to vote tonight and to deny them the right of a say, whether or not it might affect your, your end and final decision is just not right. I am proud to be in the city. I went to high school with Brianna. It's amazing to me that we have people in the city that want to stay here and see this place bloom and be a great city. If you don't include everybody now, there will be consequences on the back end. I'm just gonna put that out there. And what I'm gonna say is after the situation we had a year or so ago with our superintendent, who's no longer in office, I'm gonna suggest that we think about tabling this to make sure that this community is involved. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. David Tedisco. Hi, my name is David Tedisco. I live on uh, Regis Road in Medford, um, and I'm a graduate of Medford Public Schools. Uh, I've lived in the city nearly my whole life, and my family's lived here uh, four generations now. Um, and, you know, I'm an Italian-American, um, and I think we should change the name of the school. Um, frankly, none of us felt this was a racist city earlier. I've heard those remarks, and I think that a lot of us are waking up and realizing that uh, racism happens in Medford like it happens in America every single day. Um, and it's something we need to adjust. And I think that what we're seeing happening around the country uh, is because of a lack of change. We have not taken action. And uh, it's, it's for many reasons, like the naming of a school and who we memorialize and 
what we cherish. Um, and I think our school names speak to that. So I think it's time for a change. I'm thankful for the school committee. I think this this certain crew of members really uh, worked so hard for our city. I'm, I'm so thankful for really the work that all of you have done through this pandemic. And uh, I hope you vote to change the name of the school. Thank you. Thank you. Talia? Hi, my name is Talia Andriadala. Um, I'm also a graduate of Medford Public Schools um, and a lifelong resident of Medford. My family um, has also been lived in Medford for generations and we are Italian American. Um, and I would just like to um, uh, state my uh, support for changing the name of the Columbus Elementary School. Um, I understand that a lot of Italian Americans are upset um, and kind of take it as an attack on their heritage and culture, but I just like to um, remind people that you can still have pride in the school, the institution, um, and the students and teachers that are at the school. Um, it doesn't have much to do with the name. And I think that we can change the name and still have pride in our Medford Public Schools um, and help move Medford towards a more welcoming and inclusive place for all students. Thank you. Thank you. M Member Rousseau, Thank I don't know how you, you want to handle emails. How many do you have? Um, I would like to make a, a quick uh, procedural motion to allow me to actually um, send the emails to Miss Evangelista to be included in the minutes. We have 54 emails, all of which are in favor, uh, zero emails that are opposed. Um, if, this, if, if we hadn't taken this much time, I might have read the names at least, but the, it's such a long list. Um, and I had selected a bunch of email, uh, five emails to read into the record. However, literally every part of those emails has actually already been spoken. So I don't, if, if, if the committee will, um, so I'd, I'd like to make a motion that um, the emails tonight will not be read into the record, but instead will be added to the minutes. Yeah. Motion by Member Rousseau, seconded by Member McLaughlin, roll call. Member Graham? Yes. Kretsch? Yes. McLaughlin? Yes. Ms. Stone? Yes. Rousseau? Yes. Mayor DeClute, yes. Mayor Lungo Curran? Yes. Thank you, uh, Mayor. And I would just, um, I did want to reiterate that um, we did receive 54 emails um, and um, they all have their name and address as required, um, and they were all in favor of um, the motion as presented on the agenda. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I know there's a couple members that haven't spoken. I don't know if anybody else wants to speak. I, if I may, from the chair, I, I want to thank everybody for coming out and voicing your opinion. I think that's w what we need as a community, community conversations and communication and um, to talk things through. I, my concern from the chair is just the fact that the majority of people only learned of this in our community, whether that be Friday, I know that was on social media, Saturday or Sunday, to the point where I I'm still was still getting emails up until the, this meeting and phone calls throughout the weekend. So I don't know if there's a, a middle ground with regards to, I don't want to table the issue and close the door to conversation necessarily, but I want to give more 
more time to people to voice their concerns, do their research. Um, I myself would like to read the full diary that was mentioned during one of the comments um, because yes, it is disturbing what you're hearing um, and what we've learned since we were, since we were little, but I don't know if there's a middle ground and if the committee can maybe talk that through, whether it's to start the conversation now, including potential, um, whether that's renaming that the school, I think more conversation just needs to be had. So I remember McLaughlin, you have a hand up. I don't, know how you feel. Yes, I do. I just wanted to respond um, to that comment, um, Mayor Lungo Kern. And um, I want to also say, I very much appreciate everyone who took the time to speak tonight. Um, if there are still people of color on the call, I just wanted to say I'm sorry um, um, that this is still a discussion hours into the into the fact. Um, you know, it was brought to my attention that somebody said, I understand that it hurts um, people's feelings that somebody who was uh, potentially an ancestor may not have been who they thought they were, but I think it hurts people's feelings more to have um, their children of color go into a building knowing that it's named after um, a, a person who committed genocide and um, was child trafficking. So uh, to that end, I would say that um, this discussion has been extremely painful for me and I'm a white person. I can't imagine how painful it is for people who are going to be watching this and who, for people who have been in this conversation tonight. And I can imagine why anybody would want to have this conversation um, in, a, in a public forum with people after um, some of the conversation that was had tonight. I do appreciate that people need to educate themselves, but that's their job to educate themselves. It's our job to educate ourselves and to learn. It's not people of color's job to educate us. Um, and I feel to the point of the, the Columbus uh, Diaries or uh, some of the what was said around that, it wasn't just the Columbus Diaries. If you educate yourself, it was people who are with Columbus who wrote their own letters um, that talked about what, it, what happened and what they witnessed. And it is horrific. There is no question of whether this is true or not true. It is horrific. Um, and I just think that I'm, I'm, I'm just... Um, I'm disappointed. I, I do feel like the reason that the, it's written that we would have a committee that is uh, looking at uh, diverse representation to discuss to have this discussion is exactly what most of the people were talking about tonight, that we can have a discussion with each other around this and the importance of having this discussion, but not about whether it should be renamed, about what we should rename it. Um, and so that, that should be, for me, unequivocal whether it should be renamed. I mean, you know, what should we rename it? If it's just some somebody to celebrate the Italian American heritage in Medford, great, bring it on, tell us more. I wanna know more about it. If it's somebody to represent the black professional uh, community in West Medford that's had one of the oldest black communities in the country, fine, bring it on, I wanna hear that. I'm up for those discussions. What I'm not up for is shutting people down and saying, let's put it off some more. I'm not putting it off anymore. And if that doesn't get me elected next time, I'm sorry. But the way that I feel about this is it, the time is now. It's been 400 years. We're watching this on the news every single night. And we said we had a public health crisis in race in Medford. We just voted on that last week. And then we're faced with our very first low lift decision and we can't make it. I'm not on with that. Sorry. Member Kretz. Um, yes. So, um, you know, I, I do, I've heard from everybody and I've heard, you know, a lot of things that have been upsetting and there's been pros and cons and, um, you know, but I still have heard that we haven't reached everybody in the community and people found out about this just about 72 hours ago and there were still more people to hear from. I'm not against renaming the school. My 
my purpose of having the motion tabled was to have more discussions. I mean, we had over, you know, I don't know how many people um, came out to tonight's, e this evening's Zoom call, but some people that I talked to over this weekend, they didn't know how to use Zoom. So they didn't, they didn't know if they could join the meeting tonight. So there were more people that wanted to join that, that couldn't join. And I just think that if we could have, you know, table it so that we could have one meeting specifically to have, you know, people come in to talk about the issues, the concerns, maybe, you know, what their thoughts are, just like we had this evening and include you know, the entire community by posting something in the transcript because not everybody has social media and or maybe doing a robocall to give people more advance notice and we could maybe have a meeting before our next school committee meeting, which is in July, and then everything would be ready to go for the September 1st deadline date, which is the committee of the whole meeting, which we would be working out the details. Um, I just think that there wasn't enough done to get the word out about this to the entire community. And I mean, a lot of, a lot of the information was shared on Facebook, but I don't, I don't necessarily think we reached everybody that we needed to reach to get engaged in the conversation and just to be aware that this is what's going on and we're having this these discussions and we encourage you to try to join because there's going to be maybe one more meeting and then there's going to be a meeting in September to form you know the details work out the details and then there's going to be a committee formed and who is there going to be an application because I did hear from some um, Italian American families who want to you know they want to be on the panel they want to maybe make some suggestions on what names it could be so um you know i'm just i'm just putting that out there as um i still you know have a motion on the table 